Hi guys, welcome to today's episode. I am Patrice Lassell. I'm super excited that you're joining me for this podcast episode. Um, most of my podcast episodes are, I, I want to say random, but they come from Holy Spirit inspiration. And I usually only come on here when I have like an urge or an I don't want to be too deep and say unction, but this pull or draw to come on here and share something that God has actually spoken to me or revealed to me or done in me. So today is no different. Um, So I'll give you guys a scenario. What happened? I am traveling for work, so I'm actually staying in a hotel. Uh, I traveled out of state, and so I traveled to do a three-day training um, to actually train. And so the company I work for actually put us in the hotel. And so I'm staying at the Candlewood Suite. You guys don't know which one, so it's not really putting my safety at risk. It's like, I don't think I have any stalkers on my (laughs) podcast. All right, so I uh, reached my hotel. I actually came, uh, I caught the elevator to the second floor, tried to put my room key in, and it's not working. So I had to go back to the front desk. And so apparently, the company I work for made the reservation. There was some type of mix-up with it. And so the lady basically reactivated my keys. So I caught the elevator up to the second floor again. uh, And I actually saw this little girl standing in the hallway. Now, it was super funny is that the mix-up with my company felt like an inconvenience, but I realized, actually, as I'm processing this with you guys, it was a setup, because when I caught the elevator up to my room the first time, there was no lo- there was no child in the hallway, so I caught the elevator up uh, to, now I have the uh, key, a, a key that they uh, reactivated or whatever they did. And I'm going back up to my room for the second time. And this time, I put the key in my door, and I look down the hallway, and I see this little girl. Looks like she's around three or younger, standing in the hallway, but I didn't see an adult. Now, I'm not a person to do, like, black and white type of things. But to be honest, as I'm walking down the hallway, I saw this little cute white girl. And the thoughts in my head were like, oh, gosh, I hope no one's, like, thinking. Like, I don't know. It's really weird why I was in my mind. I just had all these random thoughts, like, this little girl going to, like, run to her parents because she sees this black woman coming or this black lady coming down the hallway. Like, what is going to be her reaction? So I think I just, for some reason, thought, like, she would see me coming down the hallway. She would run in the arms of an adult or, like, run away because she's like, this black lady's coming down the hall. It didn't happen. The little girl is still standing in the hallway. So I put my key in the room and I'm looking and I'm like, why is she standing in the hallway? I don't see an adult, but yet she's further down the hallway where I couldn't get a full picture. So I didn't know if the adult was like standing in the room, but was maybe doing something in the room while she was waiting in the hallway. I didn't know. So I went in the room and I just felt something that like they wouldn't let it go. So I like yelled down the hallway and I'm like are you okay and she's like yes and I'm like okay and I'm like so I put my stuff down then I came back I'm like are you waiting for someone and she's like yes I'm waiting for Mimi so she calls her mother Mimi and I'm like 
where is Mimi? And so she's like standing in front of a room door that's shut. At this point, I walk down the hallway towards her and she's like, Mimi is in one of these rooms. And so I'm like knocking on the doors. I'm not getting any answers. And so I'm like, oh God, now it's this little white girl, me, black lady stuck with this little white girl. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> God, I'm so catty. But really, this is my thought process. I can be transparent. So I'm like, oh, God. I knock on the doors. No one answered. So I said, okay, let me take her to the front desk. So I was like, okay, let's go down to the lady uh, downstairs to find Mimi. And so I grabbed her hand. I reached out to grab her hand, and she actually grabbed my hand. And so she's like, I was like, you're so pretty. You know, I really like your shirt. I'm talking to her, and we're talking. she's talking back. And I'm like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm one. She was a really tall one. Maybe she was three. I don't know. But she's like, I'm one. And so I was like, well, what is Mimi's real name? And she's like, Disney. And I'm like, Disney? (laughs) So we reached the front desk. And so I'm like, "Uh, hi. I saw her standing um, on the floor, second floor, and I didn't see an adult. And she's like, she belongs on the third floor. She's like, where's your, the lady at the front desk starts talking to the little girl. She's like, where's your cousin? And she's like, I don't know. And so the lady called um, to her parents, whoever she's with, she called Mimi's room and said, are you missing a child? And apparently Mimi said yes. And then, uh, you know, she, uh, I was able to leave her at the front desk until her parent or whomever came to retrieve her <laughs> or get her. I'm so dramatic. But yes. So as I'm like going back to my room, I'm just like, whoa. And again, for the third time, I'm putting my room key in because it's been a long day. I'm like, I want to relax. And I heard the Lord say, you can't afford to mind your business. And I was like, whoa. So when I initially saw the little girl in the hallway, I had the thought like, okay, she'll be okay, you know? And I'll just mind my business, go in the room. Uh, but there was something that pulled me to actually figure out what's going on, if she was okay, etc. So the Lord, he said, you can't afford to mind your business. And when he said that, it hit me because I think in America, we have this culture of mind your own business, stay in your own lane. But if I would have mind my own business in this situation, if I would have stayed in my own lane, if I would have had the thought process that, oh, even if she's lost, somebody else will come and somebody else will figure it out. She'll be okay and continue to do what I need to do. Like, there's no telling what could have happened. Um, I don't believe my key being deactivated where I had to go back to the desk. Uh, to get it reactivated, to come back to my room a second time to actually see her in the hallway. Like, I don't believe it was a coincidence. I believe God actually wanted me to encounter her because he wanted me to actually help this little girl find her way. And so the Lord began to tell me, like, you can't afford to mind your business. And so I'm like, how many times that, how many times do we mind our business and we leave something up to some someone else? For example, I don't, I, you know, how many times do we drive down a highway and, you know, we see someone, they have a flat tire or pulled over on the side of the road, they're alone, and we keep going. Uh, someone else will stop and help them. Someone will call 911. 
you know, maybe they have a cell phone. Like we, we, I don't know. It's like, okay, I can't stop. I'm going where I'm going and I'm gonna keep going where I'm, where I'm going. But I've actually been on the other side of that. I've been on the other side where I was on the side of the road with a flat tire or something going on with my car and someone pulled over and stopped and helped me. And there was, there was a time where I had an accident. My car was over in a ditch and I'm panicking yet two or three men, separate cars, probably didn't even know each other, pulled over to assist me. And one had a chain in the back of his truck and trying to put, he pulled, they actually pulled my car out of the ditch. And I'm like, looking like, God, these men are angels. Like you sent angels to help me. But it's really good when we're on the receiving end of, you know, someone else stopping and being a blessing. But how many times are we actually on that giving end? Like, how many times do we actually see something that's wrong, whether it's an injustice, whether someone is in need, and we actually take on that giving mindset or um, making their business our business and helping them in their time of need? And so in America, we created this culture where it's like, mind your own business, stay in your own lane. And we're so in tune with what we have going on, our own needs, our own schedule, and we don't want to be inconvenienced. And so any, um, if there's an opportunity where we can actually help someone, but it actually causes us to be inconvenienced, whether someone has a financial need, they actually need, they, you know, they don't have money, they don't have food or something, yet I already have my budget laid out, you know, I know exactly what I'm paying, and if I actually give them this or help them, then that's going to screw up my finances, so I'll just mind my own business and somebody else to help them, or uh, again, someone is in need, instead of stopping and, and figuring out what's going on or trying to be a blessing, no, actually, I need to reach my destination by a certain time, so if I stop and help them, that's going to ruin my schedule for the rest of the day. And I'll arrive later than expected. Like, we just, I don't know. And the Lord was like, you can't afford to mind your business. And it hit me because as children of God, if I'm called to be a watchman, that means that whatever is happening, whether it's in the life of someone else in this nation or, you know, around me, that business is my business because it's God's business. And when I'm about his business, that means I make every single thing my business as well. So it's no longer I stay in my own lane. It's no longer uh, I mind my own business. It's no longer someone else would do it. How many times have God uh, has got, like God has actually gave us an assignment that we passed on to someone else in the name of someone else would do it. How many opportunities have God actually placed before us that he actually specifically assigned us to or he he wanted us to to be a solution in that situation or to help someone yet you know we're looking like oh my time or my re or it's going to inconvenience me so someone else would do it i think it's time for us as children of god to get to the place where we're no longer passing the but the passing off what god has assigned us to do to someone else in the name of someone else would do it no if God has placed us or allowed us to witness something, if God has allowed, like, if, if, if we encounter a situation, there's a reason we encountered that situation. Now, maybe God is not necessarily causing, uh, calling me 
to actually stop or, or, or to actually maybe do something physical, but am I t- willing to take on a posture of intercession? Am I willing to see that there is a need? And yes, I do have my budget mapped out for the entire month where I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to put this amount of my savings. Yet something arrives, something happens and there's a need and I feel a, a pull that's telling me you need to help this person. Um, but yet I, I turn back around and look at what I need or what I've already done. And I, and I just kind of that little nudge sometimes. Sometimes I realize God is not going to always, you know, hit us like boom with a situation. But sometimes it's that little tug or that little whisper. And it's not always that we miss it. Sometimes we choose to ignore it. And uh, I really believe that we're going to be accountable for those those moments. And the Lord told me, he said, you can't afford to mind your business. And no longer can I make the excuse that, oh, someone else would do it. Like, it's no telling what could have happened. Yes, it was a little girl and, and maybe nothing would have happened if I would have mind my business, but maybe something would have happened. Maybe someone would have kidnapped her. Maybe the Lord inconvenienced me in a moment so that I can see this little girl and, and come out of my own, you know, fears or my own comfort zone or my own whatever it is and, and actually say, okay, Lord, I need to, I need to help her. This little girl needs help. And so, yeah, that's kind of my, my rant. Like when God has called us, the Bible says that God looked for a man who will stand, like who would stand in a gap and he found no one that as a watchman, as someone that stands in the gap, that means that I will sometimes be inconvenienced. Sometimes I need to get up in the middle of the night and actually pray, even though I'm exhausted and I have to get up in two hours. I know in my very, very, very beginning years of walking in intercession, I, I mean, it will, there will be times where I, I will wake up out of nowhere in the middle of the night and then I could not fall back to sleep. So one time it was happening like for, I think it was a whole entire week. It happened every single night. So I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, and so I would basically lay in the bed, toss and turn all night because I didn't want to get up and pray. And so one night it happened around 3 a.m. Again, I don't know where I woke up. And I'm exhausted because I have to go get up and, you know, probably three or four hours for work. And I'm tired, yet God wants me to pray. And so I remember that night I got out the bed pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm funny, but I was so hot, y'all. I got out the bed. I knelt on the side of my bed and I prayed. Now, while I was praying, I actually had an open vision. Now, I have visions. Usually, they're pictures or little clips that will play. Usually, it's what they call the mind's eyes. So, if I close my eyes and I envision something, that's kind of like your that that your mind's eye. This was my eyes were open, and it was almost like a TV screen, like as if this whole this like my room, my bedroom was like I was watching a flat screen TV. Like it turned into that type of encounter, which I've never had up until that point. And I saw this man, he was dressed in all white and he was bleeding. And so I don't know, like when I saw it, I didn't know who he was. He looked like he was in another country somewhere. I had no clue what happened to him. All I know is I saw this man in all white. He was bleeding. 
So I started, of course, I was praying in the tongues. I was praying in the spirit when I saw this vision, when I had this vision. And then I began to pray in a natural. And so I began to pray for this man. Um, and I, and as I was praying in the spirit, it actually, you know, words, it was almost like the Holy Spirit was telling me what to pray. And so I began to pray for his safety. And I began to, uh, I really was focused on his safety when I was praying. And so after I finished praying, I got back in the bed and I fell right to sleep. So in that moment, I realized like, dang, I don't know who this man was. I don't know where this man was located, but God woke me up probably in a whole nother country. I'm here in the U.S. He's somewhere across the world in the middle of the night to intercede for him because he was in need. Now, what if Again, I would have just laid there and went back to sleep or tossed and turned because I didn't want to be inconvenienced because in that moment I wanted to sleep. And so God is definitely looking for people that's willing to be inconvenienced in this season. Ha, huh. I feel that. That's prophetic. That's the prophetic word. God is listening, looking for people who are willing to be inconvenienced in this season because those who are willing to be inconvenienced, he can actually trust with more. He'll trust them with more influence. He'll trust them with more resources because he knows that the person that's willing to be inconvenienced for his sake, um, that that they won't make it about them, that they won't walk, they won't be selfish, but they will actually put his agenda above their own agenda. My God, I feel that. The Lord is looking for people who are willing to put their his agenda above their agenda. He's looking for people that are willing to lay down their own plans, their own will for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of his will and what it is that he wants to do. And so one of the things I realized is that God wants to use every single person. But as much as you have Christians that are okay with going to church on Sunday, you have Christians that are, you know, they'll go to Bible study, they will usher in the church. And and yes, that's service unto the Lord. But why is it that you have some Christians that literally lay down their whole life and and, and surrender it? And that's when we have people that are missionaries or people who have literally yielded their entire life to God. Those are the people who are being used mightily by God. And so we get inspired like by their testimonies or what we read about the things that God does through them, but it's because they live a life that's completely laid down. And so I believe God is calling us to a place where we completely lay down our lives, that we become uh, the living, we become the sacrifice on the altar, my God. So in the Old Testament, you will see uh, that God would require a sacrifice from his children. And so they would go get the best animal, whether it was a, a, a lamb or whatever it was, and and they would sacrifice, they would make an actual sacrifice on the altar and slaughter the animal as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And and, and the burning of that, that sacrifice will actually please the Lord. And so as we see Jesus and we look at his life and, and, and how he actually became the living sacrifice, that uh, Jesus actually, his blood being shed broke the old covenant and actually opened and, and established a new covenant, my God, where we don't have to actually go and make a sacrifice, uh, you know, on an altar where we have to bring a, 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 an animal and sacrifice it unto the Lord. Actually, no, Jesus became that perfect sacrifice because Whenever an animal was sacrificed in the Old Testament, it had to be a perfect animal. You didn't want to sacrifice a spotted lamb or a spotted 
animal or an animal uh, that has some type of defect, like you will present your best um, animal, whatever it is you're sacrificing unto the Lord. When God asked Abraham to make a sacrifice in the book of Genesis, he didn't ask for uh, Ishmael. <laughs> he when when and what's so what's so interesting is God when he told Abraham that I want you to sacrifice your only son. What's super powerful is that Abraham Isaac was not Abraham's only son. At that point, Isaac had already. I'm, I'm sorry, Abraham had already had Ishmael, and Ishmael was um was Abraham's first son, but Isaac was the first son that was promised by God. My God. So it's it's so powerful that we can have we can have certain, you know, we can have two of the same like I could have Abraham had his first son who which was Ishmael, but Isaac was the promise of God and 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 and, and it was Abraham's promise. It was what God promised Sarah and Abraham and God asked for it back as a sacrifice. And so sometimes God will give us stuff. He will give us, you know, opportunities. He'll give us jobs. He'll give us uh, different things. But when he asks for it back, it's never in a means of punishment. It's because he's actually testing to see if he can handle us more. It wasn't until Abraham actually laid Isaac on the altar and he was about to slay his own son, the one he begged God for, and God, not his only son, but the promised child. Let's call Isaac the promised child. And in that moment, God provided a ram in a bush. But it wasn't until he was willing to make that sacrifice that he received his inheritance, which was that he not only had Ishmael and Isaac, but he became the father of many nations, meaning that every single nation that came through came through the womb of Abraham. So he no longer just had two children. He actually became the father of nations, my God. And so it was his sacrifice, his sacrifice that opened the door to his inheritance. It was his sacrifice to open his do- open a door to destiny. It was his sacrifice that opened a door uh, to his lineage where Every single like nations was born out of his loins, Jesus. So it was his sacrifice. And so God is looking for us to be inconvenienced. Are we willing to be inconvenienced? We can't afford to mind our business. There are things that that God is looking for people who are willing to sacrifice their time, who are willing to sacrifice their their resources, who are willing to actually, whatever it is they have, they're willing to lay it at the altar. And if God wants to actually consume that sacrifice, or if God puts a ram in the bush and was just testing us, it doesn't matter. I'm going to the altar with my will. I'm going to the altar with my resources. I'm going to the altar with my, um, when I'm talking about resources, I'm talking about finances too, because one of the things that's super interesting is that, you know, we can give God, we'll give God our time. We'll give God our, uh, you know, we'll pray. Uh, but sometimes we struggle with the resources thing. What if God is requiring or he needs um, your resources to actually do something? And so it's not just being sensitive to God in, in, the, in the areas that we select. No, actually, God, I lay every single thing, every single area of my life on the altar and, and, and let it be pleasing. Let it be pleasing in your sight. And so we can't we can't afford to be to mind our own business. We have to be watchmen. We're called to be watchmen. We're called to uh, make sacrifice. We're called to actually uh, to, to, to 
whatever is ours actually belongs to the Lord. And so it's not out of religion that we do it. It's out of relationship. Because if I'm married, if I have a spouse, then that means everything that belongs to me belongs to my spouse. Some husband and wives, they hide things and keep things. Let's talk about a healthy marriage. Everything that belongs to me belongs to my spouse. Even if we talk about children, because sometimes people, you know, their love for their children is way different than their spouse. But everything that belongs to me belongs to my child. So when my finances belong to them, my time belongs to them, my my uh, resources belong to them. Uh, so everything belongs to me belongs to my child. It belongs to my spouse. So why is it that we withhold certain areas from God? That if I wake up and I have my to-do list, I wrote my planner out. I know from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., I know exactly what I'm doing every single minute. I know what time I'm going to the gym. I know what time I'm going to work. I know what time I get off of work. I know what time I'm going to uh, write my book. I know what time I'm going to work on my business. I know what time. I can map all of that out. What if I wake up and God has a completely different agenda for me? What if I wake up and God actually wants to spend the entire day with me in his presence? I shared this testimony um, a couple of weeks ago is that when I was in ministry school, we had a lot of homework during first year. So we every week, you know, we had Bible reading and we also had to um, read a book and we had to do book reports and then we had other assignments. And so it was a lot of work. And I noticed one particular week, I planned to spend my entire Saturday doing my homework. I said, okay, I have to make sure I complete everything. If not Monday, I'm going to, my work is going to be late. So they will actually mark when our assignments were turned in late. And so uh, that Saturday, I woke up, took my shower, put on some like lounge clothes, and I went to the couch and I set up to work. Now, as soon as I sat down and I took out all of my books, my paper, my computer, whatever I did, it's like I saw Jesus standing in front of me like he wanted to spend time with me. And what did I do? I said, oh, no, because if I spend time with the Lord right now, I'm not going to get my homework done. And so I literally ignored him. It's horrible. And so I, I tried to anyway. So I tried to for a couple of minutes, like ignore the fact that Jesus himself was standing in front of me. He wanted to spend time with me. After a couple of minutes, when I tell you the conviction was real, like I felt horrible and I cannot concentrate because I knew he was like standing there. So I closed my books, <laughs> put everything aside. And I said, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry for putting my agenda above spending time with you, that you want to spend time with me right now. And when I tell you guys, I had encounter after encounter where if I would have ignored that moment, yeah, I probably could have got my work done, but I actually spent five hours in his presence. And no, I did not get my work done. Yes, it was late and I was behind, but I had an encounter with the Lord that I would have missed if I wasn't willing to lay down my own agenda uh, to spend time with him. And it was such a beautiful encounter where I actually encountered like angels. And I, it was, it was, it, I mean, I just wept and it was just beautiful. And it was, he had something for me in that moment. He had a gift for me that I would have missed if I would have stuck with what I wanted to do. And so I just, <laughs> I just wanted to hop on here because this has really hit me that 
I can't afford to mind my business. No, I'm not minding my business. Whatever is my father's business is my business. And so I can't afford to miss an opportunity to be a blessing. I can no longer pass on uh, what God has assigned me to do to someone else. I can no longer bypass uh, someone that God has placed in my path to help in the name of someone else will help them. We can't do it. Like as children of God, we we have to take ownership. We have to be willing to be inconvenienced. We have to be willing to take on the burdens of God because God actually have he has burdens. There are things that breaks his heart. And so we have to be people that what breaks his heart actually breaks our heart. And that where you know we look for opportunities to be a blessing and not be so self self-consumed. So I pray that you guys were blessed by this. Um, I just, I want to pray with you guys uh, really quick. So Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for your daughter. God, I thank you um, that in this season, God, that they will, that you will open their eyes. Yes, I even pray right now, Lord, that you will open their eyes to see uh, the God opportunities that you place before them. God, I thank you that that as of today, God, I thank you, Lord, that they will yield and surrender their will, their desire, their wants. And God, I thank you that they will, they will present their life as a living sacrifice. God, I thank you, God, that they will present their life as, as a living sacrifice, holy and please, pleasing unto you, which is our reasonable service, God, that the least we can do is present our lives unto you. So God, I pray right now for the grace. I pray for the strength, God. I pray for the courage to lay down. And God, I thank you that we trust you to a point that if you provide a ram in a bush or you consume the sacrifice, ha, with fire. God, we thank you, Lord, that whatever it is that you choose to do with our sacrifice, Lord, whether you give it back or provide another way or even, even if you take it. God, we say that we trust you, God. God, I pray even now that you will mark each and every pers- person for a life of kingdom inconvenience. Hi, yes. I thank you, Lord, that they will be so sensitive to your spirit. I think no longer will they pass on what you've called and assigned them to do to someone else. But God, I thank you even now, God, that you will give them the strength. You'll give them the courage. You'll give them the uh, wisdom in the situations and the circumstances that you place before them. God, I thank you even now that they will be givers. Yes, I pray that you mark each and every person that listens to this podcast. I thank you, I thank you, Lord, that you will mark them as givers. Huh? I thank you, Lord, that you will touch their hearts, God, that they will look for an opportunity to be a blessing. For your word says that you will give seed to the sower. Huh? So, Lord, I thank you that if you give them the heart, heart to sow, God, that you will actually provide the seed for us to sow. God, make us sowers. Hi, yes, Lord, make us sowers. Make us givers. Give us wisdom on when to give and when not to give, God. Give us wisdom on when to step in and when to not step in, God. We thank you even now, God, that we will be so in sync with your spirit, so in sync and one with you, God. God, forgive us. Yes, Lord, we repent of everything that you called and told us to do that we missed. God, forgive us for those uh, when we that those times, those moments when we ignored your voice, God, forgive us for those moments where we 
didn't stop when you told us to stop. God, forgive us for those moments when we didn't give when you told us to give. God, we repent in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for new opportunities to be a blessing. We thank you, Lord. No longer will we continue to just look for people to bless us, God, but we will actually be the blessors. God, we thank you that as we are the blessors, God, that you are blessing us. We thank you, Lord, that as we look and take care of the needs of the people that you place in front of us, God, that you will take care of our needs. God, we thank you that we lack nothing. We thank you, God, that you are our source. Huh? We thank you, Lord, that you are our source. God, we thank you that as we give and we pour out, that you will give and you will pour out unto us. God, I pray even now that you will increase our capacity. Huh? Increase our capacity for more. Increase our capacity for more anointing. Increase our capacity for more wisdom. Increase our capacity for, for whatever it is that you're calling us to do in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray even now that you will touch each and every person. God, I thank you even as even as they go about their day. Yes, Lord, that you will open their eyes to see, God. I thank you for that inner conviction. Yeah, that even when you told us to do something, we don't do it. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will be that you are our conviction. And God, I thank you, Lord, that we won't even, even if we have to go back and revisit the thing that you told us to, I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the grace. I thank you, God, that you're not punishing us. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the grace to make things right. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the grace to do it over. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us grace to start over. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, even now. Yes, I feel your presence, God. I feel the washing. Yes, God. No more regret. We won't walk in regret. We won't walk in guilt. We won't walk in condemnation. But God, I thank you for the fresh start. Yes, I see God giving us a fresh start. Yes, I see the Lord literally having God opportunities before us that we won't miss. I thank you, Lord, for greater discernment being imparted. I thank you, Lord, that you will help us to see and hear your voice like never before. And God, I thank you that we'll be so sensitive to your spirit. God, I thank you that we will become solutions, God. I thank you, God, that we will become resolvers, God. I thank you, Lord, that we will actually, um, that, that, Lord, things shift when we step on the scene. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we are people of integrity, God. I thank you that you have marked us and set us apart, God. God, for your kingdom, God. I thank you, Lord, that we represent you everywhere we go. Lord, I thank you even now, God that you will continue to just uh, create in us a clean heart, yes, Lord, and renew a right spirit within us, God, that you will clothe us with his, yes, Lord, cleanse us in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you, Lord, that our motives are pure. I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are pure. I thank you, Lord, that our minds are pure. My God, God, I thank you that the fire of God, hey, will consume everything that's not like you. God, I thank you for purging us, huh? I thank you, Lord, for purging us. Yes, God, purging our own, uh, that, that selfishness. Yes, burn it up, ha, huh? in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you even now, God, for doing such a deep work in us, God. I thank you that we will reflect your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, that we will reflect you, God.
God, I thank you, Lord, that people will see you when they see us, oh God. God, more of you, less of us, God. More of you, less of us, God. Hallelujah, God. We yield our will. We yield our mind. We yield our thoughts unto you, God. For you alone are worthy, God. You alone are worthy, God. And God, we're willing to sacrifice. We're willing to lay down our very lives for your kingdom, God. God, we thank you, Lord, that we get to partner with you. We thank you that it's a blessing and it's an honor, God to partner with you, that you can do it without us, but you choose to do it with us, God. And God, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you for choosing us, God. When people around us count us out, God, you chose us, that you call us holy, God, that you don't see us by our past, God, but you see us by our future, God. You see us by what you created us to be. And so, God, I thank you even now that self-condemnation, that condemnation is Ah, the spirit of condemnation is broken. I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of regret ah, that is broken. Yes. Ah, I thank you, Lord, that even the spirit of fear that is broken. Ah, I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. We honor you, Jesus. Hmm. For you're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel so strong that the Lord is going to deal with the spirit of the the spirit of regret hmm. um that many of you guys uh, uh opportunities or or situations that you specifically regret um how you handled them i just see the lord uh, that regret is being broken off of you and i just see that the lord is actually releasing grace hmm. and i actually see that <laughs> It's almost like uh, the mistakes that we that we that that were made. Yeah, the the mistakes that were made. I actually see him going back and fixing it as you yield and you surrender. Um, I see the Lord actually making our, even our mistakes, our past mistakes. I see him actually turning those things around um, as if they never happened. And so, I pray that you guys were blessed by today's episode. Oh my God, I'm so blessed. My heart is just so stirred, and I just feel his presence so strong. And so I just pray that um, that you will just uh, be about your father's business, that I'll be about my father's business in this season, and that um, when he looks for someone to stand on the wall, when he looks for someone that's willing to uh, do what it is that he wants, that he's that he's trying to accomplish or achieve my prayers that he'll find me hmm. when he looks for someone that's willing to stand in a gap. My prayers that he'll find me when he looks for someone that's willing um, to be inconvenienced for the sake of the kingdom. My prayers that he'll find me. My prayers that he finds you. Um, then no longer will be selfish people. No longer will we be selfish. And the thing about selfishness is that 
it's easy to spot <laughs> selfishness in others. Um, but I truly believe each and every one of us have an inkling of selfishness in us. And selfishness may not have to be extreme where we take from others um, just to benefit ourselves. But selfishness, may it, basically what it means is that sometimes we're not willing to be inconvenienced uh, for the sake of someone else. Um, that we actually put ourselves, put ourselves, our needs, our desires above someone else's. And um, when God wants us to, and I say that because I lived a life for so long. Sorry, this episode is long, but I lived a life for so long where I put the needs of other people before me and I was always inconvenienced. I would go without and it seemed like those people were ungrateful. They didn't appreciate it. And so trying to protect myself, I think I I didn't revert to the total opposite, but I was a little um, hesitant when it came to actually putting other people's needs before mine's because I didn't want to be taken advantage of. But I believe if you experience the same as me, God is going to restore and redeem it and that you will actually have the wisdom, you'll have the discernment. I will have wisdom and discernment to know when God is telling us that, yeah, it's okay in this situation or circumstances to uh, this circumstance to put someone else's needs above your own. Um, and sometimes it's really hard when you have that heart to jump in and help other people and God is telling you, no, I don't want you to. And maybe he's doing something in that person's life where he doesn't want them to rely on you. He wants them to rely on him. And so sensitivity is key. Uh, sensitivity is key. And, and we can't use the excuse, I don't want to be taken advantage of um, as a reason to be disobedient to God. Yeah. So I bless you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And until next time, bye-bye.